0: Welcome to the Blarney, the official London Irish podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Blarney podcast. Coming up this week, we chat to Tom
0: Court about pre-season and look ahead to
1: the Rugby World Cup.
0: And we speak to London Irish Head of Rugby Operations, Glenn Delaney, on the up-and-coming Cunningham-Duncombe series and Andy Goode's retirement. So we're now joined by Glenn Delaney on the Blarney podcast.
1: Glenn, thanks for joining us once again. First of all, the news broke this week of Andy Good's retirement. Could you just talk us a little bit through that?
2: Yeah, I think you know it's a time for, for Andy to reflect really on on his career, and he's he's certainly been around the game uh, in England for a long time, played in South Africa as well. So very well known, big character, big personality in the game. Um, you know, never short of uh, you know, I guess attention for the right reasons, and uh, the way he played, I think, was uh, something that we should all remember. Um, it's a real shame because you know we were desperately keen to see him play for us. Uh, our medical team, um, rehabilitation team, you know, Brian O'Leary and Andre Quinn and the crew there—they worked tirelessly to um, provide him with the best opportunity to to, to get himself uh, as fit as he could be. But um, I guess the, the the carryover of things that needed uh, needed repairing from uh, from last season into this um, weighed into his mind on the decision, um, and he, he, he's made that decision to. To, to to call the game quits, but um, it's from our side. It's 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 really you know it's it's a bit sad in some respects because we had high hopes and plans. But um, like everything in this game, it becomes sliding doors. A door a door closes, a door opens. So we're looking very hard at what we're going to do on that replacement front. Um, we're pretty active on that at the moment, and uh, you know we'll we'll move forward. But um, you know, as, as an organisation, I think we did everything we possibly could to try and give him the best opportunity to um, be in the best shape possible. But um, um, he's decided that that's, uh, that's no longer a, an option for him to continue playing. So we wish him all the best. He's popped in and said his goodbyes. And, um, you know, uh, I've known Andy for a long, long time. And, um, you know, the game will miss him as a character. Absolutely. You know, as a, as a character, everyone enjoyed watching Andy play. And, um, you know, I suppose now he'll have, he'll have time to have a couple of couple of moments to reflect on an 18-year career at the highest level
1: and where does it leave London Irish in terms of fly halves at the moment are we still in good shape
2: no we're in very good shape and we were going into the start of the season you know we've got Chris uh, Shane obviously has played there a lot Um, and Theo Brophy Clues has come through brilliantly and you know, we had Theo on the first team at the back end of last season on merit and uh, he was only 17 then But we, so we're very mindful that as a, as a now an 18 year old he's, he's very young, he's maturing, he's learning the game and uh, we're very hopeful he's going to be a massive part of what we do for the very long term. So um, we are in good shape but um, notwithstanding that we need to ensure that we have uh, adequate numbers in the squad so um, we're out there now really looking into what we want and what we want to bring into the team and uh, making sure that it's going to make a difference.
1: And in just over two weeks, it's the start of the Cunningham-Duncan series. Are you looking forward to that? It's another chance to see the squad out in action.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I think we probably got to the the back end of that game in Munster and we thought we'd love another game next week because the coaches were hungry. They were seeing things they'd worked on. Uh, the players were hungry because they'd played. And like all things, rugby players don't necessarily want to train. They want to play. Uh, so having having games is the key thing. So I'm very excited that this, in you know, two weeks Is going to be the the next hit out, and we'll see what development's happen, and then the next one will be the third, and and, and then we're nearly there. So we're in the third block of this this longest pre-season in history. It won't happen again in in, in our lifetime, I suppose, but um, it is an enormous period. So three blocks, two blocks down, lots of activity to bring the team together, lots of development work on the pitch. Um, We bore some fruit. We didn't win the game, which we were desperate to do, uh, and that's something that we want to ensure that we're going into every contest to win it. So we will face Quinns in a couple of weeks' time, and uh, we go out there to win the game. But uh, we're very excited about it. And, uh, you know, as the season draws closer, uh, momentum's building. And anyone who
1: follows us on social media would have seen that last week you put in your Jared Cunningham Memorial T-shirt. Um, could you tell us a little bit of what Jared was like, both as a person and as a player?
2: Oh, look, he's a, he's a great bloke. He's a hell of a character. Um, you know, married boy from uh, New Zealand who... Uh, had a had a smile on his face and a cheeky attitude um, one of the most talented rugby players that there was in the game um, as a ball playing distributor he didn't like to kick the ball back to the opposition and everyone would remember him playing it was if the ball was kicked to him there's no way he's kicking it back he was he was starting to play so you know that was, that was his his own philosophy on life he was a compulsive person um, we actually lived next door to each other in the same building so we, we became great friends and uh, amongst other guys like Connor O'Shea and Neil Hatley, um, you know, there was a crew of us there that were all good mates. So we miss him dearly. But I, I remember this one time he um, he couldn't play in one of our games because he'd buggered his wrist. And, uh, and and Dick Best at the time was the coach and he wanted to know why. But um, it all stemmed from the fact that uh, he'd gone out to the, um, the basketball court behind where we lived and he was taking free throws and he wouldn't leave until he'd hit 10 in a row and he was there for about four hours. Uh, so much so that he'd knackered his wrist and couldn't play for us. So uh, that sort of sums him up. You know, He, he was a, a fantastic character and a great bloke, and he really approached the, um, the illness uh, head on, in the same spirit that he played he took it on front on, and um, you know there was a, a charity foundation was set up that raised funds not only for him but for, for, for motor neuron disease as a whole. So uh, the the Salsa Foundation, as it was known in the day, was born, and it was there to support people who had ALS, which is the version that, that, that Jared had. Um, you know it was it was a great tragedy and a shame that um, one of your one of your great mates leaves too early, but I think those who know him are richer for it, and we all speak of him. Uh, in glowing terms, with smiles on their face, with some of the hijinks we used to get up to, and um, you know, look, I was only talking to Neil Hatley uh, the other day about it, and uh, yeah, it just makes you laugh, really, some of the stuff that we used to get up to, and he and he he was at the heart of that, so. He was the heartbeat of this team, uh, as he was back in Hawke's Bay, in New Zealand, and in the Blues and the Hurricanes. Um, sadly missed, but I think this game is a great chance to 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 remember not only him, obviously Nick Duncan as well. Um, and, and I think the game was poorer for both of those two lads leaving us. But uh, you know, I think uh, the family back in New Zealand um, spoke to his dad, who's very proud that the club are, are still remembering and, and recognizing Jared. And um, I think this game is a, is a fitting way. and uh, it's going to be nice to have Connor on the other side of the fence, I suppose, as well. So uh, we did we did suggest we dig the t-shirts out and put them on for the game. They're, they're not the best lookers, uh, but they tell the right story. And um, those t-shirts were made by the supporters club, and we shouldn't underestimate the fact that the supporters club got right behind him. And that was the one big thing about this club. It's more than just a rugby team. It was a family. And when things things happened and 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 people were down on 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 their luck and in life, the the family of the club rallied around. And the support that um, that Jared received, the foundation received from from the supporters club and and key people in the club uh, as a whole was was unbelievable. And um, I think that that probably spoke volumes for him as a person and how much he was respected. And uh, and you know, conversely, now how much he's uh, he's missed. And this. Series
1: marks sort of the beginning of getting to the business end of what is a long pre-season, as you mentioned. How do you keep the players focused for what has been an incredible length of time they've been in the camp?
2: Well, they've had some structure, and I think um, it's been great because with with Tom, Clark, Grant and Richie coming together as a new coaching team, uh, they've needed time. Now, ordinarily, we'd be starting this week in the premiership, and I think we'd be a little bit undercooked. And uh, you saw the challenges, I think, Gloucester had last year with a new team coming together start of the season, and, and they suffered early on. They got better as time went on, so having time together is massively important. Um, philosophical change doesn't happen in a heartbeat and there's a lot of that going on here with not only how we play, but how we work and how we behave and how we interact. Um, so we're establishing the, the, the values, the behaviours, the identity of the, uh, of the rugby programme and that will translate into the performances on the pitch and how we play and that's, that's ultimately how, how we're going to be judged is how do we perform. So having time, um, you know, there's been a lot to do. There's a lot of, lot of detail, a lot of low-level detail that the lads have been inputting, and that takes time. So two blocks down the line we've, we've developed. This is really now where we start ramping it up. And, you know, in the ordinary season, you know, we'd be in the second week of an entire pre-season program. So if you think about what we've done, we've now got that amount of time left to perhaps polish and refine. So um, the players have been active. They've been keeping fit, healthy. A lot of guys have made some change physiologically some guys are obviously needing to, to do a bit more work, that's normal, but we've got another another period of time to um, to nail this and hope that that game on October the 18th against Leicester is a massive occasion for us, one that we perform really well in, in a game that we want to win. And finally, it's uh, we're eight days out from the World Cup now, Fiji have started training
1: here, the The has undergone a bit of a cosmetic makeover, all branded up for the World Cup,
2: what are your predictions going into it now, we're just eight days away? Look, I'm slightly biased, but I think New Zealand are in fairly good shape. Um, They finished that that Tri-Nation series with a very good performance. They lost one, which I think is a great thing for them. There's nothing worse than coming in as an unbeaten team. That expectation builds. So they they lost, they learned from it, and they'll be good for it. Uh, Ireland, I think, have got some ground to make up. Certainly watching them last week against England, I know they'll improve. England look better. Um, You'd certainly have to say that England playing a a World Cup in their own backyard have got to be some form of a favourite. Uh, the challenges that England are going to have is first games against Fiji, who are obviously here, and they they are a pretty handy team, and they're well coached. They're they're under the radar at the moment, but um, when you look at the guys who are working with them, like John McKee, Tabai Matson, they're pretty serious blokes and pretty serious coaches. And then you start drilling down into the talent, and you know Matawalu, who's going to be at Bath this year, is phenomenal, and I th- I think he'll light the tournament up. I think he's going to be that good, but. Uh, um, there's lots of exciting contests happening across the tournament, um, but if, uh, as an outside marker you've got to look at that top four sort of teams and then who knows how France will arrive. It's a World Cup, you just can't tell. Uh, and you know, the best thing that France have ever been is when they're a team in adversity, they perform and I know they had challenges with uh, their, their coach Le uh in New Zealand and it just seemed to unite the team, so all of a sudden they're in the final and probably should have won it. but. Uh, Thank goodness they didn't. So, look, uh, it's very exciting to have a World Cup here. We're starting to get the flavour of it. The one thing I must say is we're not letting that detract us from what we're doing at London Irish. Um, Fiji may be here. As far as we're concerned, they're in a different time space to us. We're, we're looking to perform for London Irish. So, you know, that's our challenge, is ensuring our programme is un- uninterrupted, and it's not.
1: Brilliant. Well, f- Glenn, thanks for joining us. Good luck with the rest of pre-season, and uh, I'm sure we'll catch up with you again soon. No problem. And as we heard there from Glenn Delaney this week, it was announced that Andy Good has announced his retirement. Andrew, big shame for the club.
0: Yeah, really big shame. Andy was obviously signed on the on the one year deal. A man with a huge amount of experience, played professional rugby for eighteen years, won premierships on numerous occasions, Heineken Cups. Um, he was here for a short amount of time, but you know, speaking to a couple of the younger guys, you know, they've said that. He was very willing to pass on his experience and information. Um, so from, from, from that point of view, he, he's offered quite a lot in a short amount of time. But uh, he'll move on to the next stage of his his life now and, uh, and we wish him all the, all the best for that.
1: We do indeed. And in other London Irish news, this week and next week we have the London Irish Pint with a Player events. Can you give us a bit more information about that?
0: Yes, yeah, so we've got four Pint with a, a Player events in conjunction with our sponsor Punter. Uh, we've obviously had two now. We we had one in in Reading at the pub, at the Butler pub with Tom Fowley, Johnny Williams, and Jared Ellis, which was a great evening um, and plenty of supporters uh, attending. Um, and we obviously had a, a, an event at the Willoughby Arms in Kingston as well. So a few more of the club's senior players were there to sort of meet some of the supporters, enjoy some pub style games, and you know get get involved in rugby because. We're less than a week away from the start of the Rugby World Cup now and obviously rugby is very high on everyone's agenda and uh, you know, from a London Irish point of view, we want to be able to maximise what a huge occasion this is for, for, the, for the sport and hopefully get some more people involved in London Irish in the process
1: and if anyone wants to get involved in these part of the
0: player events how do they do that is it just a case of turn up on the night yeah turn up on the night um the information's on our website we've got two events next week of which obviously the the information is on our website and social media pages we're at the Porter House in covent garden and we're also at the crown on the bridge in caversham as well so click on our website for all the details on attendees and timings
1: and finally as you mentioned there andrew it's uh you know, just about a week until the Rugby World Cup, Fiji arrived today. They're, they've been training down at Hazelwood, the The place looks quite different with all the branding up, promoting the World Cup, and it's certainly feeling close now. Are you getting excited?
0: Yeah, very excited. Uh, we met with the Fiji media manager this morning, so I guess from from our point of view, Mike, we'll be able to sort of follow him over the next few days and and see how his role differs from what, from what we do day to day. On obviously uh, the biggest sporting event of the year is the the Rugby World Cup but yeah I mean it's very exciting obviously Fiji opened against England and next week the the world's media are going to be here to focus on Fiji as they line up against England so really exciting for us and we're really involved in the heart of this tournament being at Hazelwood um, you know, pr- predictions, interesting to see what Glenn Delaney said. Obviously, you can't look past New Zealand. Ireland, to be fair, in the, in the last few weeks, haven't shown a huge amount, but I know they're going to be very dangerous. And obviously, the French, I mean, <laughs> what can you say about the French? You know, they might, they might turn up, they, they may not, but if they turn up, my, we're in for, um, you know, some rugby. So, it, it really excited. It's so close now. We've all been waiting for so long for this tournament. And, you know, we're all very, you know, gearing up for the start of it and very excited by that.
1: We are indeed. And if you want to watch any of the rugby, all of it will be shown here at Hayeswood, where you can watch all of the games at the bar, which will be open as usual throughout the World Cup.
0: Well, I'm delighted to say that we're joined by Tom Court on this edition of the Blarney podcast. Tom, firstly, thanks very much for taking the time to to speak to us. We haven't spoken to you this pre-season, so that's probably the best place to start. How's it all going? New players, new coaches, how are you finding it?
3: yeah it's been uh, it's been really great i think um with all the new coaches coming in there's been a lot more enthusiasm um everyone's sort of starting fresh and and starting with a clean sheet i guess so um it means everyone's having to sort of knuckle down and get stuck in and uh, prove himself again um which is always good and it's a good challenge for everybody and it keeps the squad quite competitive i guess um you know obviously a bit of a different focus from last preseason and and we've done things a little bit differently but I think with uh, some of the new guys coming in, along with the coaches, you know, everyone's looking in pretty good shape. I think it's just, it's it's starting to shape up quite nicely. And I guess we have
0: to talk about the length of this pre because it's probably highly unlikely we'll, we'll have a pre-season like this again. It's broken
3: down into to sort of three blocks. Can you talk us through those? Yeah, well, I guess the, the first block <clears throat> um, was, I guess, getting everyone in, getting everyone started and uh, just working on the basics, really. Everyone finding their footing, um, with the new coaches and everything, then we had a little bit of a, I guess, a, a break. Um, then we came back in for the second block, which was probably more getting into game prep stuff and, and starting to get into the nitty gritty of the games. Um, which I guess the crescendo of that block was um, the Munster game in Cork. Um, we had a great training week down in Cork, um, apart from a bit of uh, Special Forces torture training. Yeah, we've had a bit about this. Can you elaborate on this?
0: What happened? <laughs>
3: Uh, we're not allowed to talk about that. <laughs> um, there was a few uh, waterboarding um, incidents, and uh, I think um, you know a, a few boys will probably have nightmares about carrying jerry cans up hills and and logs rolling down hills and things like that. But oh follow- look,
0: and following Darren Allenson into the sea, <laughs> not well, not the best manner of things. I think this, is y-
3: you follow Darren Allenson anywhere, you you're looking for trouble, really. So. Um, no, look, it, it was all in, in good fun, I guess. I think, you know, the boys had to work really hard and it was it was a fairly, um, I guess, taxing sort of week for the boys in regards to <clears throat> mentally and physically sort of trying to challenge ourselves a bit. So, um, obviously, all the boys weren't as fresh as they probably hoped for the game uh, on the weekend, but um, realistically, all in all, it was our first hit out and it was a first chance to try and get... A few combinations going and and a few patterns working and just work on the basics in a in a game type scenario. Obviously, Munster were starting the Pro 12 the following week, so yeah. um, they were in a little bit situation, a little bit different situation. But I think for us, it was a good first hit out. gave the coaches something to look at, gave the boys something to work on, and um, you know at the end of it, the boys had a, a good night or so out afterwards and and um, got a little bit of steam off.
0: And we head now into sort of the two part. Uh, series against Quinn's the Cunningham Duncombe series, uh, which are less than a couple of weeks away now, is the focus now fully on on those two fixtures.
3: Yeah, I think now we've we've sort of had the first two blocks out of the way, and, and now we're sort of trying to get down to business and starting to refine not only the the, the patterns and what uh, the, what details we need to get down, but also just. I guess they're sort of amping up things like contact a bit so that it can be a lot more realistic rather than just sort of maybe 50% drills to get the technical side of things right. So um, everything's starting to really amp up for for game-type scenarios and and, um, the matches coming up versus Harlequin. So I think everyone's still really excited and really looking forward to it. Um, And it's been... The whole pre-season's been spaced out pretty well. It's been planned out fairly well by... I guess the coaches and SNC staff, so everyone's sort of not feeling too bad. Even though uh, you probably talk to some of the older boys, they're feeling a bit flat and, and tired. But um, you know, it's it's the way it goes. I guess. I guess in the back of your
0: mind, though, once you start on the 18th of October, it's pretty relentless right through to sort of April time. So I guess you've got to enjoy this downtime while you got it.
3: Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things. I guess um, you know the pre- premiership's fairly attritional at the best of times, and this season's probably going to be. Uh, a very stereotypical um, example of that, where boys are going to have to back up week after week, and you know obviously they'll have to bring in things like squad rotation, involve some of the younger guys that may not necessarily always get uh, as much game time as they think, and um, you know it's really going to rely on a, on a, a whole uh, squad rather than just playing your first 15 or first 23, you know week in week out, and then give them a break after a while. So um, I think it's great for the club. Um, obviously it involves getting everyone on board and and everyone buying into it and everyone needs to know what they're doing as well so, um, you know, everyone's still very much in the mix and and can, I guess, look forward to getting a bit of game time throughout uh, the season because I think it's 20 or 20-something or matches week after week, so...
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's finish by talking about the World Cup. We we obviously have Fiji training with us in the lead-up to next Friday's World Cup opener against... Uh, against England at Twickenham what are your thoughts on you know who might eventually win the trophy at the end of October
3: well I guess you know leading into the World Cup it's the usual suspects that are starting to sort of rear their heads again um, I mean obviously from my side of things Ireland are looking a lot stronger than they, they normally have I think they're probably um, a lot higher up the rankings than you would uh, you would normally see I think going into the World Cup rankings they might have been seventh. 7th or 8th, actually, um, and now obviously sitting around 2 or 3. Um, you know, they've been looking good. The last few weeks have been a little bit creaky, but um, I mean, you've you got to look at the usual teams. Obviously, the three Southern Hemisphere powers of uh, the All Blacks, the Wallabies, and uh, the Springboks are always going to be there or thereabouts. Um, you know, obviously, England are going to be very threatening at home and will be looking to really go all the way. I think this will be their best chance for a while. Um, you know, and then you've got a few dark horses. I guess um, you know teams like Argentina can always pull off an upset. Teams like teams like Samoa, um, some of the other, I guess, home nation teams. You know, obviously France are one of the best teams on their day, and sh- you know should really threaten for the title as well. But it's the age-old story of um, consistently inconsistent. So um, they need to be able to show that they can do it week in, week out, which. I guess this season they've shown glimpses of it, but um, you know a lot of seasons leading up to this they've shown that they just can't quite uh, keep it all together. Especially in maybe some of the downer the the weeks where they're playing, I guess other teams a bit lower down the table. Sometimes they let their foot off the gas a bit, and uh, last well we saw last World Cup they got turned over.
0: Perfect. Well, Tom, listen, thanks very much for, for taking the time to join us and we hope to speak to you again soon.
3: No problem, thanks for having me.
1: And that's it for this week. Please make sure you subscribe, download, and leave us a review as well. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Blarney,
0: the official London Irish podcast.